I hate Nebraska football so much. Welcome back, everybody, to the Center of College Football. I am your host, Jeffrey Calhoun, recording, as always, from the Center of College Football, Columbia, Missouri. And today, we go over the painful week zero, because I hate Nebraska so much. So, so much. Um, I, I guess we'll go ahead and jump right in to the 11 games from last weekend. Um, first is Austin P at Western Kentucky. Austin P actually gave Western Kentucky a round, um, a run for their money, went round for a round for quite some time. Western Kentucky really didn't start to pull away until the fourth quarter, uh, but Western Kentucky only won by 11 points. Um, I mean, it was a couple interceptions that stopped Austin P from winning. Austin Reed played pretty okay, 280 yards, four touchdowns, only one pick. They won by 11. Uh, I'm not sure how great Western Kentucky is going to be this year if they're playing like this. We'll see, though. I don't want to make any too bold predictions too early. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Next was Northwestern versus Nebraska and Ireland. Um, so that off that um, um, that onside kick happened. That was... Um, that that was a play call that was made um, up eleven points. Okay, um, look, I'm not ready to throw in the towel on Nebraska's season yet. First of all, Northwestern played well. Their offensive line play is great as usual. Peter Skrinski plays amazing, and this new running back they have, Evan Hall, um, he's something. Uh, I had never heard the name. I'm in a small group chat with a couple other small college football analysts. They had never heard the name. This dude played well for himself. Uh, 119 yards on 22 attempts. One touchdown. Nothing crazy, but for a no-name, not bad. Um, Ryan Holinsky played lights-out football. 27 for 38, 313. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. This dude can ball. Um but Nebraska, I'm not. I'm not fully ready to throw in the towel yet. While Casey Thompson did have two picks, I believe both of them were off the fingertips of wide receivers. They have some good players. Um, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda is solid. Uh, he's a pretty good receiver. It's just some of the play calling. Um, I'm not ready to say Nebraska is a bad team. I think Northwestern will be much better than expected. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But either way, this is a disappointing loss, and Frosty continues to get hotter and hotter. UNLV at Idaho State. This went UNLV played more impressive than I thought they would. Um, Fifty-two points. They they did cover. They did a good job. I mean, 30, 35 points in one quarter. Good gosh, UNLV. I didn't get to watch this game as much as I may have wanted to, uh, but they did well. Um, their quarterback Brumfield uh, threw for three hundred fifty-six yards, four touchdowns. Granted, it's Idaho State. We'll have to see where the rest of the season goes. Illinois versus Wyoming. Uh, Illinois played a lot better than I thought. This was. A pretty 50-50 game, in my opinion. Um, the <laughs> the over-under, I think, was 42.5. Uh, Illinois almost got that themselves. They did well. Um, putting up 38 points, the defense shut down Wyoming's quarterback, Andrew Peasley. He only went 6 for 21, 40 yards, and an interception. Um, that's not good if, you know, you didn't, you didn't know that. Um, but, I mean, they had... Hold on like 200-some yards on the ground. I mean, they did they did good for themselves. Um, I'm impressed with Illinois. Good good for you. 
Utah State at UConn. Uh, this was an ugly game. Uh, I didn't watch too much of it, but you shouldn't be beating UConn by 11 points, especially the week before you're going to play Bama. Uh, maybe they overlooked it. Um, Utah State did hang 24 points in one quarter, which I guess is impressive, but you, you can't be playing like that the week before you play Bama. Florida State at Duquesne. They avoid the Florida State-esque upset and beat Duquesne by 40 points. 40, 40 points. That's um, that's that's a lot of points. So good job, Florida State. North Carolina at Florida A&M. This game was a lot closer than it looked. Um, 56-24. I, I mean, yeah, you put up 56, but you let them score 24 points. And it was, I think, 21-14 to 14 at one point. I'm not real sold on North Carolina yet. We'll have to wait and see. North Texas at UTEP. Uh, North Texas balled out. Uh, this game was projected to be close, and North Texas, I mean, won by a sizable margin. Uh, it was 14-13 to 13 going into halftime, but North Texas scored 17 unanswered, shut down UTEP, and won a pretty respectable game. Nevada and New Mexico State, uh, <laughs> Pretty ugly game. Uh, not much offense. Um, Nevada only s- threw for 75 yards of offense and still somehow won this game. Uh, just bo- both of these teams are not very good at all. Um, New Mexico State did sort of sa- get did score a safety, so that happened, I guess. But yeah, not a great game. I, I'm sorry I'm not super enthusiastic. There were no good games this weekend. I mean, that the Nebraska-Northwestern game was fun. Um, but, you know, you, you do what you can do at Week 0. Um, so, Vanderbilt at Hawaii. So, um, Vanderbilt, or I'm sorry, Hawaii started out the game with a huge touchdown run. Huge. Um, 37 yards in less than three minutes. Looked like it was going to be... A, a a very similar year for Vanderbilt. Um, and then Vanderbilt got upset and scored 63 of the next 66 points. Vanderbilt scored 63 points. Vanderbilt scored um, 63 points. Um, Mike Wright went for over 300 yards in the air and on the ground. He scored four touchdowns. Um, Va- Vanderbilt? Vanderbilt. Now look, if... I don't want you guys to sit here and say, oh, they just beat Hawaii. Because if a touchdown was worth one point, they would have still tripled their score from their opening season loss to Eastern Tennessee State last year. They scored three points last year. This year, they scored 63 points. 63 points! Nine touchdowns for Vanderbilt. They haven't scored this many points in 53 years. Vanderbilt. I had this team going 1-11. and 11, And they have some games coming up that is really going to put them on the chopping block. They ha- Yes, they have 
Elon, that should be an easy win, but they have three consecutive teams that made or won their conference championship. Four of their next five are teams that made or won their conference championship because they have Wake Forest, Northern Illinois, Bama, Ole Miss, and Georgia. That's a tough slate. All those teams won nine or more last year. This is a... I guess we'll have to see. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say Vanderbilt's even going to make a bowl game. But Clark Lee's got to be doing something right. Um, Six teams were eliminated from the playoffs, being Wyoming, UConn, Charlotte, UTEP, New Mexico State, and Hawaii. Oh, I forgot about the Florida Atlantic-Charlotte game. I'm sorry about that. I mean, look, Chris Reynolds is a good quarterback. The big fatal flaw from this game was that he went down with an injury. I believe both of the touchdowns scored um, were... yeah, both of the... Hold on, words are hard. Yes, both of the touchdowns scored were off of Chris Reynolds. Um, the tough thing is if he goes down again, they're screwed. Chris Reynolds played a good game. 14 for 19, 196, two touchdowns. Um, James Foster, on the other hand, went two for nine with one interception and 21 yards. Florida Atlantic played well. Nikosi um, Perry uh, went for 256 and a touchdown. Tacked on seven more yards on the ground and another touchdown. I mean, Florida Atlantic was impressive in this game. I think Charlotte would have been much more competitive if Reynolds played the whole game. So I'm not ready to throw out Charlotte's season yet. So sorry about that. Back to the playoff eliminated teams. Wyoming, UConn, Charlotte, UTEP, New Mexico State, and Hawaii. Nebraska has one strike against them right now. If they lose one more game, they're done. I'm not going to do playoff eliminator games yet because it's week one and there's going to be so many. I'll probably start doing that in week two. So uh, with that, let's go ahead and jump into my top 10 games for this week. Uh, Starting off on Thursday night, we have the return of the backyard brawl, West Virginia at number 17 Pitt. Number 17 Pitt is currently a 7.5 point favorite. I don't understand why. They have Keaton Slovis, fair, but they lose so much. Jordan Addison and Kenny Pickett are gone. Mark Whipple, their amazing offensive coordinator, is also gone. West Virginia wasn't horrible last year. They were 6-7. and seven. Um, But they get JT Daniels, and the future looks bright for them. I see no reason why Pitt is going to win this game. I see the season starting off with a top 25 upset and West Virginia walking into Pitt and taking the crown for this rivalry. Give me the Mountaineers. Penn State at Purdue. Uh... Purdue is a three and a half point underdog. Again, don't get why. Purdue finished with nine wins last year a win over Michigan State and a win over Iowa. Three things that Penn State can't say. Lost to Iowa, they lost to Michigan State. The only real thing that Penn State had on Purdue last year was a win over Wisconsin. That's about it. Purdue returns Aiden O'Connell, which is huge. Sean Clifford's fine. Aiden O'Connell had a more impressive season. Again, this team won 7-6 and six last year. That's the same as Maryland. That's one win better than Missouri. This isn't... This is, I don't get... Penn State only has hype because their name is Penn State. Because they've been good in the past. But they haven't really fielded a great team in three years. 2019 team was good, I'll give you that much. But 2020, they had a losing season. They're sitting at a combined 11-11 and 11 since the beginning of 2020. That's not very good. It's at home for Purdue. It's a huge game to open up the season. Give me Purdue by a, a, 
dare I say, a pretty sizable margin. North Carolina at Appalachian State. Uh, I'm rolling with App State. Before you freak out on me, Vegas agrees. I'm not going to sit here and say I swear by Vegas every single week because I just picked two upsets. But they know their stuff sometimes. And Appalachian State's only a one-point underdog. A singular point. App State has great coaching. They made the conference championship last year. And they had a winning record last year. They've beaten North Carolina in recent memory, like three years ago. I'm rolling with Appalachian State. This is a pretty easy pick for me, honestly. Um, Give me the Mountaineers. Oregon versus Georgia, a game that I've circled on upset alert. Uh, Oregon feasibly could pull this off. I think that the spread of 17 points might be a little bit much, uh, unless this turns into an absolute shootout, but I don't see that happening because you have... Georgia, a team with one of the best defenses in recent memory, versus Oregon, who's coached by the guy who just coached one of the greatest defenses in recent memory because he was Georgia's defensive coordinator. That was a weird sentence, but I think you know what I'm trying to say. I could see Georgia controlling this game, but I don't see them blowing Oregon out. I could see 14-3. to I could see 21-11. to but I don't see this this massive destruction. Uh, but I, I am going to roll with Georgia here. Cincinnati at Arkansas. Cincinnati hasn't lost a regular season game since 2019. I think that ends here. Um, Cincinnati loses quite a bit of players. They had a great season last year. They really did. But Arkansas is going to be great this year. They're a six-point favorite. It's at Arkansas. It's a ranked matchup. I'm very excited for this game. But in the end, I, I see Arkansas um, with K.J. Jefferson, with Sam Pittman at coach. I give them a slight edge. Houston at UTSA. UTSA is a minor underdog, but I'm going to roll with the Roadrunners here. While, yes, they do lose Cynthia McCormick, uh, Frank Harris and Zachary Franklin are going to be amazing. I'm excited to see what they do. Being at home, there's going to be a lot of hype going into this game. This is honestly probably the biggest home game in UTSA history. Um, yeah, I... Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm missing something. But this is a huge game for them. They have a shot at knocking off a ranked team at home. I'm not sure if they've ever beaten a ranked opponent. Um, Their biggest wins up to this point were probably either Baylor in 2017. I think that was. But that Baylor team won a game. Or Illinois last year. who That was a respectable win. I'll give them that. But this would be a whole other level. I'm going to roll with the Roadrunners here. Army at Coastal Carolina, a pretty interesting and intriguing um, group of five game. I think both these teams will take a minor step back, uh, but the the coaching from Jamie Chadwell and the quarterback play of Grayson McCall, despite everything they lose, and being at home, New York to Myrtle Beach is a bit of a distance. Uh, I'll give Coastal the slight edge here. Notre Dame at Ohio State, another team very much on upset alert. Um, I think... Ohio State is a little overhyped, in my opinion. Um, I'm not fully sold on Ryan Day yet. Uh, well, I think that they do make the playoffs this year, I'll give them that. That's more because I don't see any team standing out too much. But this team, you could definitely make an argument that they've progressively gotten worse ever since he's taken over. Um, yes, they made the national championship in 2020 uh, while they 
only made it to the first round in 2019, um, I, I think a lot of people would argue that that 2019 team was leagues better than that 2020 team. Um, and last year, they didn't even win the division. Ryan Day lost to Michigan, a, a thing that not even um, Urban Meyer could say. Ohio State is definitely a team that could flop this year. Um, there's a lot of hype coming in with Marcus Freeman. This would be a huge game to make a statement for Freeman. I'm going to go with Ohio State. I I really have no idea how this game could go. Um, if this if this game is wrong, if I pick this wrong, make fun of me all you want. I'll take it because. I could see Notre Dame winning this game, frankly, but I will I will go with Ohio State for now. Boise State at Oregon State, a pretty under-the-radar matchup, 9-30 game. Uh, Oregon State, I'm very excited um, to see this year. There's two pretty solid quarterbacks squaring off in this game with Hank Bachmeyer and Chance Nolan, but I think the coaching and the home field advantage of Oregon State is Nothing to be scoffed at. Oregon State, I think, is a very under-the-radar team. They they had a couple bad losses to sputter out the year last year, but they they beat a team that l- beat Oregon twice. They were the only Pac-12 team to beat Utah, something that I don't think people talk about nearly enough. Utah was good last year, and Oregon State managed to knock them off. No other Pac-12 team could say that. No other team in the country could say that except for Ohio State, BYU, and San Diego State. All teams that won 10 or more games. 11? Yeah, 10 or more games. BYU didn't win 11. I think this would be a great way to kick off the season. Also, there's a lot of orange in this matchup, but I think it's kind of cool. Finally, uh, the last game of the week is the Sunday night matchup between Florida State and LSU. Um, Florida State by like a million, honestly. I mean, first of all, these teams weren't, like, this isn't, Teams weren't too far apart skill-wise last year. One of them was five and seven. One of them was six and seven. Okay, like it's not like this is not 2019 anymore. LSU did pull off a couple upsets. I'll give them that. They beat Texas A&M. They beat Florida. Cool. Florida State pulled off a couple upsets themselves. They beat Miami, and they were one of two teams to beat a Boston College team left by led by Phil Dracovic. The other one was Wake Forest, who made the conference championship. Florida State, I think, is going to be much improved this year. I don't think them, you know, beating Duquesne by 40 is anything to be scoffed at because last year they lost to an FCS team, and this year they beat them by nearly six touchdowns. I think Florida State pulls off another minor upset this year. And frankly, Florida State would be favored if they were playing the exact same team in different uniforms. If you put this exact same team... This exact same coaching staff, this exact same stadium in Coastal Carolina colors or or Kansas colors, Florida State. What I'm trying to get at is LSU's only favorite because of their name. This is not the LSU team that won the national championship a few years ago. This is a different team. This is a different time. So a couple other teams on upset alert. First is Central Michigan at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's a 20.5-point favorite. We all remember what happened last time. Just saying. TCU at Colorado. Colorado's an 11-point underdog. Both of these teams, I think, are going to be equally bad this year. Um, but Colorado, a couple years ago, was a pretty substantial Cinderella story. Being at home, this would be a good way to kick off the season. 
NC State at East Carolina. Look, ECU is going to be good this year. And while I think NC State does make the playoffs, I think this will be their closest win of the season. First week, in-state rival. ECU has had NC State's number in the past. This could get interesting, and I think this 11-point margin is about accurate. Troy Ole Miss, this was already a game that I had circled as an upset alert, upset alert before Jared Dakey um, joined this team. Now you have Jared Dakey, a solid quarterback, going into Ole Miss, a depleted Ole Miss team. This could get fun. 20.5 points, I think Troy covers. Georgia State at South Carolina. South Carolina after this has Arkansas and then Georgia. Two games that aren't exactly easy. Georgia State pulled off a huge upset last year against Coastal Carolina. A couple years ago, they beat Tennessee. This would not be the first time they walked into an SEC team's house and won. 12 points is probably about the margin. I see that being. Memphis and Mississippi State. Mississippi State's a 15-point favorite. I think that's a bit high, especially considering what happened last year. It's not like Memphis was a great team last year. They went 6-6, six and six, lost to Temple. Mississippi State could see a loss here. Another upset alert, um, don't call me crazy, Utah State at Alabama. Look, 41-point underdog. Utah State is going to throw everything. Part of the reason they may have struggled last week against UConn is they could have been looking ahead to Bama. I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm not even saying it's not high of a chance of happening. I'm going to pick Alabama. Expect a blowout. But maybe. Um, Bama has a Power 5 opponent the following week. A road Power 5 opponent. Something they don't do very often. This could get interesting. And I very much see Utah State covering. This could get fun. So my game day picks um, after upset alerts, you know, top three for week two. Uh, third place is Alabama at Texas. Definitely a very hyped up game. The only thing holding this back is the fact it's going to be on Fox. So that's a big thing. Also, some people, myself included, don't see the hype behind Texas. Number two is Kentucky at Florida. This game has become very competitive the last few years. While they lost 41 straight, I think it was, Kentucky's gone 2-2 two and two against Florida the last few years. I think they extend that to 3-2. and two. Um, This will be a fun game. Finally, the game that I think should be game day is Baylor at BYU. Two teams that I think are going to be amazing this year. This game was a lot of fun last year, and it's going to be a fun place to go. So, yeah, those are all my picks for this week. Uh, my overall picks last week, I went 9-2, and two, 82% correct. Not bad. So, yeah, um, I'll post my overall picks for the week uh, the next couple days. So, yeah, with that, I'm your host, Jeffrey Calhoun, recording, as always, from Columbia, Missouri, still trying to get used to that, signing out.